0: I.V.M.
1: Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Simplified. The podcast which will make you sound smarter without actually making you so. Just the two of us today.
0: Yeah, it's the OG gang, right? It's nice to get these these young. You know, when a company... You know, these startups, especially, you know, when they start mm. growing in order to retain talent, they will rebrand these guys as co-founders. You know? So you have three years mm-hmm. down the line, somebody becoming a co-founder. So that's the way Simplified has become because of these miscreants who have wormed their way into system. So it's nice Sarain, to just have the, when was the last time just the two of us recorded? Don't tell me it was like an infamous 150th episode, <laughs> which went on forever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it it was, I mean, years, uh, literally years ago. We've been in all possible combinations. But uh, yeah, just the two of us, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it feels when. nice, like the good old oh, days. Like the good old days. No, actually, yeah. I don't know. If, like the old days. I don't know if the like good old the days. Like the old because, days. Yeah, like the old days. Yeah.
0: Been a while. We've
1: been doing this for a while. Pretty sure that Shriketh and Tony totally, uh, bring much needed increase in the quality and uh, lack of bullshit which is what we're going to oh, talk about today. Oh, yeah.
0: It's a quality segue. <laughs> so this is very likely, what we're doing right now is very likely to be the last recording that we do for this year. Next week, we have something special that's going to come out for you. And you'll, yeah. well, we'll wait and see what that is. But yeah, it's kind of poignant that uh, it's just the two of us to do what might be the last actual recording for this year. Uh, Naren, yeah. and when we were brainstorming what can we talk about do we summarize the year do we talk about our personal journeys of this year and or you know something grand something poignant and then you said no young we shall talk about bullshit so Naren <laughs> please take it away yeah I think we should call it I, by the way I don't know what the censorship rules on the podcast are right now so if he keep saying bullshit we might just get, get a lot of beeps <laughs> so let's just call it BS yeah. from now on
1: yeah yeah so the thing is, you know, there is a lot a lot of BS that goes around. I guess it was always around. It's just that we have so many more channels for it that it seems to be everywhere all the time. And one of the biggest contributors to BS is the need people feel to hold an opinion on everything, right? So you, I've seen this in my personal experience. I'm pretty sure you guys have too. That... Literally anything, you know, everyone has an opinion, regardless of whether they know anything about it or not. Right. And so people race to comment on news stories, on incidents. Recently, someone was telling me on how the recent skirmish in the Arunachal Pradesh was very bad and the Modi government was trying to cover it up because, or something like that. And I was, how do you know? And he really doesn't, right? So, I don't know whether it's true or not. And that, to my mind, is the quintessential quality of BS that you comment regardless of where... So, you don't care whether it is true or a lie. You just say something. You just,
0: yeah, you just say for some kind of signaling, right? It could be virtue signaling. Yeah. It could be to show what tribe you belong to. Or it could be to kind of show that, hey, I am... Uh, you know, a thinker in this kind of direction or something. The quintessential LinkedIn bullshitter, right? Where you make an entire... Long post out of your phone falling down or your cat meowing on your face in the morning or something and then drawing an entire management lesson out of that. So that <laughs> I suppose is be, there is a very fine line for those who are asking between BSing and ultra-crepidarianism, which is what we have done on Simplified, but that is for another episode. Uh another yeah. day. We do not do BS, we are very proud of this. Uh, yeah, we
1: are ultra-crepidarian.
0: Yeah, I think we are. So upfront about the fact that we don't know anything that you can't <laughs> call it BS. <laughs> you know, I think, I think, I think that's another quintessential quality of bullshitters, right? That they don't know or they won't admit to the fact that they are BSing, even if their heart of hearts they know that they are. Could this be another? Because it's, a, it's another matter if your friend actually said whatever he or she did out of conviction that there was some yeah. logic to what they were saying, you know.
1: It's a statement of fact. It's a statement of fact, right? So mm. the, the statement is that there was a skirmish on the Arunachal Pradesh border, okay? And the news that we've got is some 30 Indian soldiers were injured yeah. and... Some, maybe 30 or more than 30 Chinese soldiers were injured. There was no loss of life. And Mm. then they had a meeting and they had a meeting to de-escalate the conflict. That was what everyone knows about it. Because obviously, no one's been there. Whatever the government reports is what you know. Yeah. And what this gentleman is saying is that, no, no, it's actually a full-scale war. But the government doesn't want to tell you that because it doesn't want you to panic. Hmm. So that, to my mind, is just bullshit. Because he couldn't know. It might be true. Yeah. yeah. But there is, no, there is absolutely no way anyone could know about it.
0: No, I'm trying to see what the etymology was. And I'm just reading off Wikipedia itself. Your bull, meaning nonsense, hmm. dates from the 17th century where the term bullshit has been used as early as 1915 in British and oh. American slang and came into popular usage only during World War II. There we go. Another thing that World War II has given us. The word bull itself may have derived from the old French bowl, meaning fraud and deceit. The term horseshit is in here synonym and occasionally used South African English equivalent, although more common in Australian slang is "bull dust." So this is kind of interesting. So the French etymology is true. Then the, bullshit, the bull in bullshit is not exactly the bovine. It's coming from something else. Yeah, I suppose. There's
1: another another word for this called bunkum, is used bunkum, in America.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 bunkum and, and Bunk- bollocks. In yeah. The so U- Bun
1: bunkum, bunkum comes from a place called Buncombe, B-U-N-C-O-M-B-E, and Buncombe is a county in North Carolina. It's a place in North Carolina, hmm. and the reason it's called Buncombe is the there was a representative from that place named Felix Walker. So, what Felix Walker did, this was in 1820, he stood up and gave a completely pointless and long speech in the House of Representatives, which was so bad that finally his own party people told him, you know, Mm. boss, please shut up and sit down. They made him, they actually pulled his coat and made him sit down. And ever since, in America, it's known as bunkum. of course, it's been superseded by the far more elegant term bullshit. But yeah, bunkum is also what it used to be called.
0: So, what drew you to speaking about this,
1: uh, Naren? We were uh, basically, a few friends were discussing this tendency of politicians especially, but everyone in general, to, to speak about something as if they knew about it without any regard to whether whatever they were saying are lies or truth. So, there is a difference between lying and there's a difference between lying and bullshitting, right? So, lying is, when I deliberately tell you a lie, so, for example, I don't know, uh, you ask me if, you know, are you going to be in town on Friday? And I say, I am going to be in town, but I'm telling you a lie. No, I'm traveling on Friday. So that is a deliberate lie. Mm-hmm. Bullshit would be, I mean, is it, never specific. So I will tell you something. I, I heard from someone that. There's an asteroid going to hit the earth on Thursday night. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter whether I'm going to be on Friday or not, because all of us are going to be gone, something like that. So if I knew for sure, then that would be uh, different. Or if I knew for sure it's not going to hit, that also would, that would be a lie. This is just bullshit. And it becomes a problem when people start using this in the political discourse. It Mm -hmm. leads to, it rouses the worst in, in people. There are uh, a lot of you know emotions which are needlessly charged, just because there are a standard thing is you have stories about one particular community. In the U.S., it'll be black people, or maybe black people make up stories about white people. I don't know how it goes, but uh, there's really no truth in it, and even the teller of those stories has no idea whether it's true or not. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how do you identify bullshit?
0: Is it, uh, so before you get into that, so uh, I'm just trying to again reconcile the differences between lying and bullshitting, right? So is it something like a lie leads to a bullshit later? Like initially somebody might start off spreading a piece that they know is deliberately false. Hence, they're lying. Once it reaches somebody who might semi-believe in it and add their own biases and beliefs to it, much like how you might concoct a story to say you're not in town or whatever it is, then it moves to the realm of bullshit or they use that as a base to further amplify their own beliefs. Is, there, is it something like that? Like, I'm just trying to. Again, no, I'm just, I'm just I something. think, I
1: think that the, the originator of the lie, okay, would possibly have an agenda. It would. Yeah, he or she would have an agenda. Yeah, they want certain things to happen or certain things not to happen, which is why they are telling the lie in in the the first first place.
0: place. Yeah, Yeah.
1: but the propagators of that thing. Now, you told me something a lie, and I go somewhere else and tell it as a fact without any regard to whether it's true or not. Hmm. then I become a bullshitter. That's one kind of bullshitter. And the second kind is what we find a lot on in professional circles is people giving opinions on things which hmm. they know nothing about. And even that is pretty injurious. So, for example, you are in the digital marketing space hmm. and hmm. you are in an organization, you're working, and this is something you know a little bit about. And somebody is letting off on that topic which you know isn't true at all
0: it's it's yeah. not
1: specifically false either but yeah. a lot of it is wild stuff
0: yeah yeah so i've actually that, found this nice hmm.
1: yeah go on hmm. go on so that 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 could be one kind of bullshit is what, what I
0: yeah know. i found like a nice little table with three differences. So, liars versus BSers. And I cannot believe that we are actually seriously academically discussing this, but (laughs) hey, the simplified has done worse. Liars engage in a conscious act of deception, whereas BSers don't consciously deceive. Interesting. Two, Mm. liars know the truth, but attempt to hide it. I think that's important. And BSers Mm. don't know or care about the truth. That's, again, kind of interesting. Uh, And lastly, Liars spread untruths but still accept the distinction between the between truth and false, whereas BSers ignore or reject the distinction between truth and falsity altogether. And I think all of those are very nice. I can almost picture, you know, where Trump falls and <laughs> where a marketing yeah. guy on LinkedIn falls and stuff like that. So yeah, for the purpose of this, let's stop doing semantics and come back to yeah. BSing itself.
1: Other uh, thing is, you would... You know, from all the ongoing discussion, you would think that we we don't like bullshitting, right? So mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. we don't like people of bullshit, or we don't like the bullshit itself. But it's uh, so there is there is this author named Eric Ambler. He, he's a turn of the century author, writer of detective stories and all. So he had a story called Dirty Story, in which yeah, a Tony character would named, say
0: that he was ambling in. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> this is
0: why we need I'm, Tony. This is why we need Tony for the good jokes. We
1: miss you, Tony. So, a character named Arthur Simpson recalls advice that he received as a child from his father. Mm -hmm. this is what what Simpson's father told him. Although I was only seven when my father was killed, I still remember him very well. And some of the things he used to say. One of the first things he taught me was… Never tell a lie when you can bullshit your way through. This presumes that not only is there an important difference between lying and bullshitting, but that the latter is uh, preferable to the (laughs) former. Yeah. So, it's a point of view, right? It's it's very difficult to see under what circumstances that might be true. But um, there is also this question about what is truth. So, this truth itself, I mean, philosophers have written dreams and dreams about mm-hmm. uh, how and there are there is a school of thought which believes that there is no objective truth, right? It's all very yeah. subjective. It's, and what could be true for me could quite possibly be untrue for you. Yeah. So, in such a world in where truth itself is difficult to define or know, can you fault someone for bullshitting? Because if you had to you know, you had to tell the truth all the time uh, and you didn't know what the truth was, you'd not be able to say anything anything at all. Yeah. There's this famous story about this uh, philosopher named Ludwig Wittgenstein. So Wittgenstein was quite a character and he was a really brilliant guy. He was, I think, in Cambridge. He was one of the... There was a group in Cambridge called the Apostles of Cambridge, turn of the century. And uh, it had people like Bertrand Russell and uh, Wittgenstein himself and gh uh, hardy who's more famously known as ramanujan's collaborator ah
0: oh, okay
1: right so wittgenstein had a biographer one lady i forget her name something and she wasn't well she she had a sore throat or something so this guy goes to visit her and she tells him that i feel awful i feel like i like a dog who's been run over that's what she says <laughs> And then Ludwig Wittgenstein says, "But how can you know what a dog who has been run over feels like?" So it bullshit completely collapses when you have a nitpicker in the company, right? So mm. if you if you bullshit, then yes, a good nitpicker can tear you apart in minutes, if not in hours. yeah. yeah. It's
0: but it's it, maybe kind of worth thinking about what the role of BS could be from. Like we we always like to go back to evolutionary sort of perspectives, right? Like we, uh, like one of the things that we've thus famously mentioned in Sapiens is the role of gossip in bringing people closer together, which is important for civilizations, etc, etc. It's kind of like an interesting way of looking at it. So what role could BS really serve? I'm just trying to think out, uh, think out loud
1: at least in my uh, my limited experience people who uh, bs right uh, they get a momentary high because they are holding the oh. stage and they are they are uh, saying things that no one can directly contradict sure and uh, that's what basically i suppose the uh, the high is you just you just feel great you feel you have won the day and it takes a while for people to unpackage
0: uh, BS it, it,
1: there is that because if you if you are constantly BSing people stop taking you seriously after a while
0: yeah it's probably a decent short term strategy but not so much in the long term right uh, once you get caught out and I'm sure everyone listening to this can think of one colleague that seemed impressive at one point of time but if that turned out to be BS and if it has the habit of repeating that then they would probably not be in everyone's ke- best uh, books or have a great reputation after that so that's kind of interesting it's sort of like i suppose a way to get ahead without doing the rigor of actual work research thinking if that makes sense or it could also just be a way to kind of cover up saying i don't know and a lot of people especially indians have trouble saying i don't know or just the word oh, yes. no itself n-o itself yeah. So BS could just be a way of, you know, covering that up. I remember somebody somewhere saying, uh, I think when I was at Micah on research, professor said that Indians are terrible at saying no. They'll just build Mm -hmm. some cockamamie excuse or the other to get out of it rather than saying the. They'll say yes and then they'll, you know, worry about how to say no later. Which is something that our producer might know once we commit to a time we keep uh, BSing our way out of it. But anyway, sorry about that. Again, I think uh, all of these somewhere, the... It's partly imagination, right? If you look at BS from a slightly positive perspective, it is a little bit of imagination. You are conjuring up fictions of some type. To yeah. account for a situation, so again, I maybe I'm being a little too charitable about uh, BS altogether. There is, but I suppose even all that uh, nonsense that you see on uh, LinkedIn, there is a certain amount of um, craft in some sense that goes behind it.
1: Oh yes, oh yeah. So here's the thing, right? So there is there is a difference between complex and complicated. So sure, yeah. Uh, a lot of engineering problems are complicated. Mm. But if you drill down, there is, for example, if you're writing some code and there are like Mm. a lot of really crazy edge cases, use cases, and, you know, variables passing through Mm. or whatever happens in coding. And uh, it takes a team of engineers to really, you know, think it through, work it, debug it, test it out, and months of effort, if not years. But you figure it out. In the end, it, it sorts out. And that is complicated. Yeah. But it is, complex is something different. Complex could be very, you know, it might not have as many layers as the complicated thing. It'll be like, you know, marketing problems are notoriously complex.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? So it's just not, so you have a company which sells some goods or services and they used to be selling very well. They don't sell now. And there is no obvious reason. And now you want, or... Everything is going fine, but you just want the sales or you want your sales to increase another, I don't know, 10%, 5%, whatever. Yeah,
0: And famously as... Go on, go on. Yeah,
1: and there are a dozen knobs you can twiddle. You don't know which one to twiddle
0: mm mm-hmm. right
1: because there is nothing everything is linked to everything else do you yeah. give let us say you are selling pajamas do you give discounts if you give discounts do you think people perceive it what happened if someone like rolex gave a discount they, they would lose in value right sure, no one will yeah. buy a rolex anymore like that. So, so complex you're saying that uh, is
0: complicated that is complicated, that is com- you're saying.
1: Complex, complex. That is complex, so,
0: what you said right now. So, yeah, give me another yeah. example. Complicated versus complex. This is interesting. Yeah.
1: Complicated is, if you have a piece of machinery, like, you know, your car, right? Yeah. So, it's car, the rear okay. wheels, yeah. The car, rear wheels have something known as a differential. Mm-hmm. So the differential is a very clever piece of mechanism, right? So, when you're taking a turn, the wheel on the outside of the turn uh, has to cover a larger distance than the uh, sure. wheel on the inside. So the wheel on the inside has to uh, the revolutions have to decrease, and the wheel on the outside the revolutions have to be in uh, have to increase by a proportional amount. To otherwise your car will just skid.
0: Yeah,
1: and that gearing system inside the differential does exactly that. Wow. It's pretty complicated. You know, I, I so that really is suggest
0: complicated. anyone... So that's complicated. Yeah. Why is that yeah. not complex though? Because in casual language, because, I mean, say.
1: Yeah, so it's I mean, the same. But uh, uh, it, is, it is not complex because it can be worked out. Complex is it can't be worked out despite all your efforts.
0: Complexes, it can't yeah. be worked out. Complicate okay, but both of them are equally difficult in
1: they're diff- difficult in different ways. Like metaverse, mm-hmm. for example, right? So Zuckerberg took the step to convert his Facebook into metaverse for whatever reason it was. And he couldn't work out the implications.
0: Right. So, so some people say plates. that it's a yeah
1: some people say it's a great move some people say it's suicide no one knows you know it's still playing out no one knows like Elon Musk has taken over Twitter mm-hmm. and he has the job of making Twitter a better place get get yeah. more revenue make the user experience better and there are literally hundreds of solutions or or suggestions that are coming his way which you know impossible to yeah they're impossible to uh, implement simultaneously yeah, yeah. So, complicated so that's a complex problem.
0: Is, yeah so complicated, so co- yeah so that's complex so complicated would yeah. be a ceo taking over a firm where the path to profitability is known but super difficult yeah. right yeah. it's some Okay, interesting. I think a lot of interesting semantics over there for BS versus lying and complicated versus complex. So let's take a let's give our uh, uh, add versus break, whatever you want to call this. But before <laughs> yeah. that, we uh, but, but yeah, uh, we, we will discuss more about this on the other side of this add break. Who knows? Welcome back to this fascinating discussion on a whole lot of things. But before I let Naren go again, you know, uh, Naren, you know, what's the one place in Mumbai where Mm. it is impossible to find your destination. DKC because it is Bandra Kurla complicated.
1: (laughs) 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 You you had a joke, right? You have a Bandra Kurla complex or something. Yeah, Yeah, something. that. No, I
0: think it was something like uh, ever since offices started moving from South Bombay to Central Bombay, Nariman Point had a Bandra Kurla complex. (laughs) It was a very convoluted complicated. It was, wait. Now now I'm going to think about this every time. This is Complicated joke. A
1: complicated yes, joke about a complex. Yeah.
0: Actually, most people listening to this will be just say it's a piece of BS. So let's come back. Uh, yeah, to yeah, yeah. There's this other fascinating thing. I'm sure you have come across, as if not read the book already. So it's, uh, it's a book called "Bullshit Jobs" by an mm. anthropologist, I think, called David Graber. Grober? Graber. I forget what it is. It's one mm. of the most. Uh, It's one of the most, uh, what do you say, every time I post about it, or I see somebody posting about it, there are either people who are vociferously defending the thesis or people like, yeah, whatever, whatever. The, The basic construct is that humans have invented a lot of jobs to keep themselves busy. And many of these jobs, if you think about it, don't really need to exist. And very likely, the more bullshit the job is, the less the smaller and smaller the audience it serves is. Because if you think of something like a doctor that serves a whole lot of people and that's definitely not a bullshit job similarly for teachers right but then when you come to say um, arguably lawyers now you're serving a slightly smaller audience and the bullshit ratio becomes a little more you go into hedge fund management and that's a lot of bullshit serving a very small audience so on and so forth when you have increasingly uh, you know sharper and sharper <laughs> jobs they are like uh, like this what do you think Narin? like I thought that was an interesting case yeah. uh, it's first
1: come out. Yeah. So, I would define, define a bullshit job as one where it's virtually impossible to be measured. Your performance can't be measured.
0: Yeah. Okay. Right?
1: And uh, so, a lot of... So, if you are a... You know, you have a production job. Okay. You're in charge of producing widgets. And every day, your factory makes 100 widgets. Mm. And the management says, no, you have to make 102. Then you can, you know... Then you... Uh, you can hire a consultant to to tell you how to increase your right. production, given everything is the same, and you know he would be a productivity consultant. He'll tell you, oh no, you you know you're getting this stuff from from your left-hand side and passing it to your right. But if you mm. tell your workers to take it on the right hand, pass it to the left, you'll get a 2% increase or whatever. So those mm. things can be measured then. And you know, at the end of the period. So those concern, But there is, there is someone uh, you would hire to increase organizational morale. Now, how do you measure organizational morale? So it is, still there are people who do very good work in this area. I'm not saying they all be, you know, bullshitters. But it's very difficult to, I think that's the case.
0: Yeah, so so my counter to that is, I think, you know, without getting into value judgment about what is uh, quote-unquote BS the way we spoke about in the first half of this show, I think there will always be jobs across the spectrum that can be measured and can't be measured. Like if you take the classical quote-unquote bullshit job, like something like what a hedge fund manager does. Now, that's a highly measurable job, like in terms of how much money you made this exact person, yeah. how much the portfolio grew by. Extremely, extremely measurable. Right. on the other hand, maybe something no, but like why, what why, a nerd-
1: why would it be a BS bullshit job?
0: No. So uh, again, that's why I said quote-unquote because okay. the the way Greybird is, defines it is that these are all just jobs that people have invented to keep each other, uh, you know, um, okay. to keep themselves busy yeah. and stuff like that. You know, that's where it's coming yeah. from. And the fact that it's uh, increasingly specialized serving the needs of a smaller and smaller uh, audience. I think one way of looking at this, Naren, is if you were stranded on a desert island, who are the people who you'd want around you? Would you really want, uh, you'd want a doctor, you want a chef? Do you really want a hedge fund manager? So I think that's one, <laughs> you know, short heuristic of looking at it. But so the thing is this, right? So take any, take any job that take any job profession that you think is BS there's going to be some aspect of that that is measurable like if you take the a non-BS job let's take a nurse for instance how do you measure what they do right um, how do you measure the impact that they have sure you can break it Good down question. Like if you really sit yeah. down you can say okay tended to this many people this many people etc the problem I always feel is when you put numbers to things like that then the numbers are the things that are optimized for like if suddenly yeah. number of patients tended to on a night or on a shift becomes a meta. Rick, that possibly means that efficacy in each, uh, you know, uh, for each patient or some patient will suffer. Uh, so you know, no, that's a very a good, problem. yeah, yeah.
1: There's a very good point because there might be a patient who needs, uh, you know, it's a life and death situation.
0: Yeah, needs yeah. to be
1: monitored constantly
0: through yeah, the night.
1: Yeah. And a nurse would have attended
0: to exactly one patient. I think Doctor Nitin spoke about this a lot when he came yeah. on uh, came onto the show. So, so that's the thing, right? Yeah. So I am a little. No, that's a very good of, point. Yeah, I am yeah. a little wary that's about. And, and at the same time, there are lots of BS jobs across the spectrum again, which you can put numbers just for the sake of it. I have been to many meetings, for instance, where team after team will walk in and present a whole slide of impressive-looking numbers, giving the illusion that they have done a lot of work, but in yeah. reality, they uh, in reality they haven't. For uh, for 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 uh, uh, somebody who does like i i actually think that one of the greatest challenges of jobs whether they are bs or not is the non measurable the non measurability of a lot of professions that deserve more in some sense right teachers for instance should they be always judged by the academic performance of their students or is it like a ratio or is it like a you know we went from here to here like I have benefited a lot by speaking to my therapist but if I were to ask to rate him uh, I how do I assign he gives me this little slider scale but I find it very weird to say okay you, I, mm. you help me on a scale of one to five I find it very weird to you know assign numbers to something uh like this but I think that's I think that's a larger conversation can we really quantify the world that we live in can we quantify our experience as humans people who give us a four point seven rating for this podcast on uh, uh, Spotify and app. Uh, thank you all of you first of all and the rest of you please go ahead and do it but what does that <laughs> really mean like uh, you know uh, I, I think the whole aspect of rating I think is an interesting conversation by itself to have for another day but I think one way of thinking about it I suppose is how many people does this job have an impact for like how many people's lives is this profession really changing or impacting
1: so this that, that definition huh, before I go on to that I have to tell you my favorite therapist joke Oh, okay. uh, can I tell you? Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. So, so this guy is telling his friend, my therapist finally said something which brought tears to my eyes <laughs> after really? ten years of therapy. No, <laughs> he said, no hablo English. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So what you say, I mean, regarding, uh, you know, the BS and non-BS nature of jobs, we are biased towards people whose jobs are very specific, right? So Mm. tailor's important, doctor's very important, teacher's important. A cobbler is important. Would a sports coach be important? I don't know. Would somebody who puts organizational values into a matrix and yeah. uh, give the would that person be important? So it's it's very difficult. So you know, I used to have a very low opinion of quote-unquote, management consultants, right? And then one of my young friends had got into a really big consulting firm. And he challenged me. He says, uh, you know what, I I disagree with your sweeping statement that we are all bullshitters. And then he showed me some of his work. Mm. And it was about... So they were doing... uh, You know, they were uh, studying somebody's business and giving that, you know... And he showed me how... Insightful his uh he had some 15 slides. Be. Yeah. And uh I was like, yeah, okay, man, that that is insightful. So with those insights, the the CEO of that business will be able to really turn his organization around.
0: So yeah. I, so I can't I, I can't another,
1: really tell you, but a big company, yeah. that, that much I can tell you. Yeah.
0: That, that's fair. Hmm. And I will use the same situation. There are in an in a completely different company, a different consultant might. Just give the CEO what they want to hear.
1: That happens Uh, all the time, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, that happens all the time. And that happens a lot in the client-agency relationship as well. Because uh, as a result of which the work itself is... BS in some sense right Um, if it's if it's come together for the common good of the company and uh, not necessarily the retainer or the salary then I suppose there is an element of you know whatever the opposite of BS Hmm. uh, BS is I don't know how we ended up getting into uh, this nice path about uh, I
1: I have an interesting uh, I have an interesting question to ask you I haven't been able to really come up with anything but you know in, I mean, you and I, we both we we both work for a living, and we constantly encounter uh, bullshitters, right? So, in yeah. and and people who are not bullshitting, you you have yeah, to yeah. you tend to have a built-in uh, sort of yeah you, yeah uh, that's what yeah you yeah. have
0: a sort of radar a BS radar of sorts yeah
1: and yeah. that that comes with experience so i remember yeah. when i was much younger just starting out and someone senior says something and you would listen to it with you know wide open eyes and you would like you know it would be gospel truth yeah. and Many years later, you know, as your experience grew, you realize that they know as little about it as you do, right? So what in your view is a good thumb rule or some thumb rules for detecting bullshit?
0: I think the person should be able to distill it down to first principles eventually, right? If somebody says something... You ask why, then they should be able to say what that why is. And then you ask a why for that as well. And then you keep going down. Maybe it takes two, maybe it takes five uh, levels to eventually get down to like... Something that is a fundamental truth, you know, consumers correct, think this correct. way or you, right. or in, in advertising, it would be all men are driven by either want of money or sex or food or whatever it is. It basically comes yeah. to some fundamental truth that way. If they try yeah. to deviate and deflect and say something like, oh, that's the way it's always been done or mm. that's the way the brand has always, you know, then they don't have a very solid answer. Uh, you yeah. know, for whatever it is that they're saying, so that to me is one for sure. That, yeah. that, that you know, that I I agree is. with you. Yeah, I would say this is not. Uh, this is not. This is more for BS de- possibility and not so much BS detection. If it's something that's coming from a person's lived experience, then I will mm. take that. You know, much more credible uh, than somebody who is just like I've worked with a lot of people who really haven't gone out on the field and got their hands dirty. Their juniors send mm. them a report, and they're like, "Ah, oh, okay, see, okay." And then it is admirable to some level how they will then BS in meetings as if they were the ones who actually went onto the field. And I suppose that's a skill by itself, and I guess that's what they paid for. But I think that to me is a. Uh, the moment somebody's got their hands dirty, right? Like mm. I know, for instance, you will not BS about the work that you do in the factory because you know you have got your hands, in some yeah. sense, literally dirty over there. So I know you won't BS on that. So to me, these are the two sort of BS detectors. If that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. I think no, the moment I, you ask your first why, the moment you yeah. ask your first why, you'll understand which direction is going yeah. really.
1: So true. I, I've had that experience and I've, I've also been, uh, you know, so uh, one is too much, uh, too much talk, too much detail, too yeah. much, you know, uh, too many anecdotes. And another many, one I would yeah. say,
0: Narena, another one I would say is too much adherence to what society or whatever things should be the right answer for this. And for this, the best example I can give you is SOPs on um, management <laughs> entrance exam forms. I have, I was on the panel for Mica a few years. As in, like, I was asking, not on Ooh. the other side. I was on the other side also twice, but I was on the, uh, thankfully, on the other side more often. And out of every 100 people who would apply, about 50, 60 of them would just write something that chat GPT probably would be able to do a better job of you know right from first and because it's Micah everyone wants to so throw sure off the creative this thing of saying okay I' won a essay writing contest in my first standard ever since I thought I would be creative I saw ad blah 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 and the moment you then question them on that okay what's your favorite ad and then they give you something and then you ask them okay why is that your favorite ad and then you know they really really stumble and then they try to make up something on the spot which really comes back to which really comes back to being Yes, you know, uh, but then you have some that are really, really honest, which may not follow the standard template of things. Their parents might be shocked that they have actually written out things like this. Uh, I remember one of my seniors, if I'm not mistaken, actually wrote their SOP in verse. Which, you know, again, it just stands out. It does a job that is supposed to, it's not traditional. But yeah, I think, uh, you, you know, I think stuff like that is really, if it tries too hard to adhere to what society or, you know, the guidebook says that it should be, then I think if the setting is right for BS, I'm not saying that the outcome will necessarily be BS, but I think... It just makes it easier to slip yeah. back into the you know what the guidebook says should be the answer. I don't know if that makes yeah, sense,
1: yeah. but it's like yeah, some situations like are like a warm petri dish full of. The yeah, right yeah, nutrients for yeah. bullshit it blooms yeah. right you have this colony of yeah. bullshitters which grow yeah. so I think every organization also needs especially from the top yeah. needs yeah. some uh, some mechanism to cull the bullshit out so
0: yeah I that, think this is going yeah. to be a very important skill in the 21st century I mean all jokes apart uh, because mm. of many many reasons so one article that I read uh, came across recently I think we, uh, we, uh, we had shared it in our group I forgot uh, whether we did is an English English teacher who actually wrote about the potential positive impact of chat GPT on essays. I forgot to forget if it was a his or a her, but they had written that, listen, this is not a bad thing necessarily. Like we should accept the fact that we live in a society right now where technology like this exists. And we exactly. shouldn't be worrying about, oh, this is going to destroy homework. The fact of the matter is, if a technology like this exists, homework pretty in its current form probably deserves to be destroyed. And we need to think about how to yeah. use this in a different way. So uh, rather than writing, you should be spending your time, you should be teaching students to judge the output of these things and then... Construct on that, you know, uh, goes on to argue saying that detection, uh, uh, whether this was generated by an AI, where to poke holes in it and all that is going to become a way more valuable skill than understanding the difference between a verb and an adjective, for instance, in 2020 onwards. And I think that was quite a poignant way of looking at it. And I can imagine the same thing about DALI too and all that uh, as well. I, I so, have
1: an analogy. So when when I was studying engineering, we had to do all our drawing. So engineering drawing yeah, is a big subject, paper. right?
0: Yeah, yeah. On
1: paper, you have to use a drafter and set squares and T squares and, you know, and today, everything is done on CAD, right? So, the skill aspect is gone. So when we were doing, you know, when you had this big board and you had, a, you had to do a drawing, you needed to be very skilled. Some people yeah. who are skilled, their drawings would look beautiful. Yeah. They knew which how hard to draw a line or how lightly to do a cross-hatching and so on and yeah. so forth. It's, it's all gone now in the CAD. So now people have to focus more on what the drawing represents or what the design yeah. is supposed to yeah. convey or whatever yeah. yeah so chat gpt is going to be like that so when uh, when everyone uses chat gpt the words and the grammar and the syntax are in place you can make it flowery less flowery but yeah. people will be forced to confront what it actually says right so so that's your thought and uh, that has to be you know that that has to be unique that has to be insightful that has to be something which is worth something for someone
0: else yeah, exactly. Again, goes back to BS, right? So BS is not yeah. useful to <laughs> anyone except possibly yeah. the speaker itself. I think it's interesting. I think we have covered a whole ground uh, over here. Any any other angles? Any other aspects of uh, BS? No, that uh, can uh, this is
1: of? this is one of those uh, topics which, because it's so complex as opposed to complicated, can go on forever and ever and ever. Yeah. At some time, I think we have to sort of just let listeners decide for themselves and uh, try and figure out what their own BS in their own universe means. So folks, yeah, signing off here, stay safe, stay uncomplicated and stay simplified.